Welcome back, MTN Giants podcast. Yeah, we're doing this late again. I think this is back-to-back weeks. I'm doing the podcast the day after the game, so my apologies. You know, it's just, it's tough, because Christmas was on a Sunday, and then New Year's was yesterday, so right after the Giants game, I had to, you know, go down the shore, so I didn't have time to do this. I'm sorry, but, you know, thanks for sticking around. Happy New Year to you guys. You know, I know it's a tough year once again. Um, most of the years I have been doing these videos, it's been a tough year aside from last year. So, you know, shout out to you guys for continuing to stick around and all that. I appreciate it. But anyway, there is a game to react to. And if you're a person that you have the mindset of like, I want the Giants to lose competitively, that was the perfect game for you. You could not have like drew that up any better. Giants lose by one. It was 26-25, right? I'm pretty sure that was a score 26-25. Yes. So, <clears throat> you know, game-winning field goal opportunity, that was missed. Saquon dropping that angle route where he'd probably still be running. Um, bad penalties. Even, like, the Darnay Holmes holding call on the, uh, the last punt by the Rams. Like, that was pretty big for field position. Um... Just it was a wild game, you know. Most turnovers by a single Giants player since 2012. You know, shout out to Dane Belton. We'll get to that later. And um, big plays that were taken off the board with bad penalties. You know, we saw the Jalen Hyatt catch got taken off the uh, board with a holding call. I think that was Bellinger. So um, a lot of missed opportunities. But I, I do leave the game pretty encouraged for the future. Things are not perfect here, but. Tyrod Taylor, let's be honest, he's a backup quarterback. He's been that for a while since his Buffalo days. What I'm trying to say is he's not a great quarterback. He's pretty good, but he's not great. So Tyrod Taylor makes this offense look so much better. I still know there were people in the crowd saying, hey, we want DeVito, all that shit. I don't know why, but people do that. Um, But still, it was a a very up-and-down game for Tyrod Taylor, but we saw really nice flashes of what this offense can be with an actual quarterback. So he had 319 passing yards yesterday, and that was with the Hyatt play taken off the board and the Waller drop, if you want to call it a drop. I feel like it was kind of 50-50, but we'll get to that stuff. But anyway, yeah, I was pretty impressed. It leaves me encouraged for the offense. I hope Don Martindale sticks around because his defense looked pretty good yesterday. So... Hope you guys enjoy, of course. Leave a like, and let's get into it. So we'll start offensively, which should be fun today. I mean, the Giants had 389 total yards, only two less than the Rams, who sat at 391. 284 passing yards, 105 rushing yards. I mean, once again, it was a pretty good day offensively, but you also know at the same time that they left a lot of plays out there that should have been made. I mentioned that, you know, the holding call... There was the Jalen Hyatt drop on, uh, I think it was the first or second drive. You had the, uh, you know, the Waller drop, the Saquon drop, the bad holding calls. Like, there's so many things that went against them in that game where, uh, yeah, they probably should have been points. Um, we had some big plays, of course. There was the Wandale 24-yard reverse play where you had Andrew Thomas and John Michael Schmitz blocking downfield. It was a thing of beauty. Got in the end zone for a touchdown. The Tyrod interception was a bad play on him I gotta say like you know to be fair like Tyrod had his good moments in this game but this interception was not good like he went to the wrong side of the field um I don't know what happened there I mean maybe like he expected Jalen Hyatt to have like inside leverage or something and not outside I don't know but essentially there was two deep routes on the you know both sidelines each sideline 
and the side that the safety went towards, for some reason, you know, Tyrod went that way with the ball. I don't know why, but he had a he had a one-on-one with Hyatt, didn't take it, and threw the ball into harm's way for an interception. So that was a pretty bad move by him, but I believe on the next play, the Giants had that fumble by Demarcus Robinson, so it kind of canceled out, but still. Um, the Giants got a field goal out of the um, at the end of the first half on that weird leaping penalty where I think the kick was blocked, but the guy jumped over the line. And I don't know that rule is very it's weird to me. Like sometimes it counts, sometimes it doesn't. You can't go over the center. I mean, I don't know. I never heard of like a leaping penalty. I've heard of like you know oh they were covering the center or whatever, but like. I don't know, just a leaping penalty is just, I've never heard of that. But anyway, got to mention the Gunnar Olachewski punt return. This thing was awesome. I mean, he bounced off like three or four different tackles. I feel like the Giants have not had a punt return in so long for a touchdown. I believe it was Dwayne Harris, who I don't think has been a Giant since like 2015. So it's been a while. Um, but yeah, shout out to Gunner. That was a really awesome punt return for a touchdown. Must have went like 90 yards too. It went far. So he did let one punt go over his head that he probably shouldn't have and then lost a couple yards on it. But he definitely made up for it with that play. There was the Darius Slayton 80-yard bomb touchdown. Of course, you know, Crosby missed the PAT after. But such a nice play by Tyrod. I mean, this throw had to be one of the longest throws I've seen a Giants quarterback make in forever. Now, there was Doug Analytics on Twitter. Went on to say, Darius Slayton's 80-yard touchdown from Tyrod Taylor from Next Gen Stats. This ball travels 62.1 yards in the air and is the longest uh, completed air yard distance for the Giants or any Giants quarterback since Next Gen Stats started tracking in 2016. So if you believe that, which I believe it because I've watched every game and I don't think I've seen a ball thrown that far, um, that throw by Tyrod to um, Darius Slayton for the 80-yard touchdown was the longest air yard throw of any Giants quarterback since Next Gen Stats was recording stats. So awesome stuff there from Tyrod and Slayton. And you know, with how Slayton looked downfield and how Hyatt looked downfield, once again, it just gets me excited for what this team can be with a real quarterback, right? I mean, we've watched so much of Daniel Jones, who is gun-shy. Let's be honest. He's gun-shy. He does not want to make mistakes. I feel like Joe Judge probably took him in the back room somewhere and, like, smacked him every time he had a near interception. Like, he just is just not going to put the ball in harm's way. Tyrod Taylor, on the other hand, not afraid to do that. And I went over that in the pregame or, you know, the preview of this game. And I said, hey, Jalen Hyatt's probably going to get a few shots. Will he convert? I don't know. I can't predict the future. I, I pretty much said that exactly. But he did convert on one of them, obviously, or a couple of them. So Hyatt had himself a nice game, got behind the defense multiple times, and same thing for Darius Slayton. And Darius Slayton, I mean, yeah, I mean, some of his comments in the media kind of pissed me off. He went over, he went like, he went at the fans at one point. He was like, oh, fans have wanted me off this team since day one or some shit. I don't know. But got to give credit where credit's due. I think, you know, Slayton has stepped up the past couple weeks. And once again, he's the Giants leading receiver. I think he's been the leading receiver here for like four of his five years, which like you don't want to be in that position. Like that's not a good place to be. And uh, the Giants have still not had a 1,000-yard receiver since 2018 with Odell. But, uh, you know, Slayton continues to be durable and make plays when his number's called on. You know what I mean? That's that's pretty much the best I can say right there. But he's, you know, been doing a nice job lately. So, um, you know, shout-out to Darius Slayton. But 
What else happened in this game? All right, so Crosby made that one field goal to make it 20-19, to and the Giants were down 1-20-19, and missing that PAT definitely hurt them. You know what I mean? Like, this game would have been tied. They wouldn't have went to overtime, but that missed PAT. I do think the Rams missed one or two PATs themselves. I saw their kicker got released today, so they must have not been thrilled with uh, – what was his name? It was like Harv, Harv Check or something? I don't know, some rookie kicker, I think, but not good. Um, so there was, yeah, the Hyatt had a long catch. It was negated by Bellinger, um, holding on that play. And one of the biggest missed opportunities in this game had to be the Saquon Barkley drop on the two point conversion try. Now I want to get to what the exact moment was in this game. Cause I do believe that the giants were down by one. Yeah, it was 26, 25. Those were the final points scored in the game. So 26, 25. Giants were down by one, obviously, and they were going to go for the PAT, but there was encroachment on one of the Rams' defensive linemen trying to block the field goal, so that pushed them, uh, pushed the Giants to the one-yard line, and Brian Dable's like, you know what, let's just play the analytics here and go for it, and they went for it, and it looked like they had the right play, but it wasn't executed. It reminded me of like, and Tyrod said he got kind of caught in between. It kind of reminded me of like when you're watching a basketball game and you have a guy like on the block who like pretty much has a shot he should make nine times out of 10, but he gets caught between whether he wants to bank it or like just go for all net. It was kind of like that. Like you just get caught in between sometimes. And like, obviously in basketball, you leave your feet, you have to do something with the ball. Um, But in football, like, yeah, the rush is coming at you. You have to do something. So Tyrod basically said, like, yeah, I probably could have ran that in. But he decided last second just to throw it to to, uh, Saquon, threw it behind him, obviously. And that was just a big missed opportunity where they could have taken the lead and possibly won the game off that. So, you know, they had that opportunity. There was the miss, as I mentioned, to Saquon, who had that big drop on the uh, the first play of the last drive. The Giants were on the 35-yard line. This came after that bad holding call by uh, Darnay Holmes, I think it was. But Tyrod Taylor, next play, runs for 31 yards and gets the Giants into L.A. range on the 34-yard line. But then the Giants got pushed back. You know, I think there was a Saquon Barkley negative run for you know negative two yards. So Mason Crosby had a shot at the 54-yard field goal, which it's not technically a revenge game for Mason Crosby, but technically it is because I do think he was in the Rams preseason or you know training camp. So that would have been a nice like revenge situation for him. But even if he made the field goal. There was no guarantee they would have won the game because I do think the Rams had, like, two timeouts left. So, like, yeah, there was a chance that, like, you know, Stafford could have got them down in the field goal range and they would have tried the, you know, they would have trotted out their kicker who's obviously not too reliable. So, you know, I don't know if that would have mattered, but still. So, as I said, a lot of missed opportunities, but you go look at the stats from this game and, and Tyrod had his moments, obviously. He did have 40 rushing yards as well. Of course, that big run at the end was pretty much the main thing. Saquon had 12 carries for 39 yards. Wandale had that one carry for 24 and a touchdown. Eric Gray had the one carry for two yards. And I think Eric Gray had a nice catch too. I think it was a six-yard catch, but I'm trying to remember. I think like uh, Tyrod threw it behind him and he like adjusted to it, made a nice catch. So Eric Gray came in there and you know made one nice play at least. So Slayton had 106 yards. Wandale had 55. Um, 
you know, Wandale looked pretty good. He was questionable with a quad injury, I think it was, but he came in and he looked pretty good for the most part. Six catches for 55 yards. Darren Waller, I mean, you know, Darren Waller gave us the typical like up and down game where there was that big throw on the left sideline where, you know, he could have caught it. It kind of reminded me of the Daniel Jones and Darren Waller play in week three, I think it was, the Thursday night football game at San Francisco, where, like, you had fans going after each other trying to, like, say whose fault that play was, and I still think Jones threw the ball too high for a clean pocket. But um, this was a play where... Tyrod, if he just threw the ball like just a few inches closer to his body, it's probably a catch, but it was just a little bit too far. So I think the blame kind of goes 50-50 on that play. But aside from that, like Waller had his moments. The Giants ran a lot of like those quick curl routes and guys would just catch the ball for like four or five yards. And I feel like Waller benefited from that a few times. And the Rams did the same thing too. But, um, you know, so he had a nice game, Waller, for the most part. Hyatt did only have three catches for 25 yards. Um, He had the big catch that was taken off the board, as I mentioned. He had the drop where it looked like he caught the ball between his legs at one point. It kind of reminded me of like that Donald Driver catch with the Packers like back in the day. Was it Donald Driver? I don't know. But I think you guys have seen that before with Brett Favre. But it was almost one of those plays, but the replay showed it hit the ground. But, you know, he had his ups and downs, Hyatt for sure, and... You know, Hyatt did have that one catch on a fourth down. I think it was a fourth and one. It was very close, or fourth and two at most. And they just ran like that shallow cross, and Tyrod hit him, and he just cut that route too short. Like, that's pretty much it. Um, Caught the ball. He tried to, you know, reverse, or he tried to go backwards to gain more, uh, to gain an angle and get the first down. He didn't get it, so kind of a rookie mistake there of like not knowing where the sticks are but um Isaiah Hodgins almost had a touchdown in this game I think that uh that drive was a touchdown anyway I'm gonna try and find that real quick nope never mind they got a field goal on that that made it 20 to 19 yeah so that was a third down and 13 he went to Hodgins it looked like he could have made that catch but it was a tough one so I don't blame him um and there was the play to Waller I forget when this was now but Waller had a shot where he ran a pretty good route. He got open, and I think he was in the end zone, and Tyrod threw the ball a little behind him, and it was just knocked incomplete. But, yeah, there was definitely some shots in this game to, like, make more plays, and I'm sure the Giants were kicking themselves over that. But, you know, when it comes to wanting that draft pick, like, I was fine with it. Like, it was an entertaining watch, but they still lost the game. They didn't get up in draft position. It sucks, but, like, if they won that game, they would have dropped, so... I'm going to check Tankathon later, but talk about the defense quickly. I mean, there was a lot of good performances here on defense. I want to get to uh, the stats real quick, but you had guys like, you know, I, I got to say Dane Belton first. Like, he he was phenomenal. He had the two interceptions. He had the forced fumble, and he, I think, was the first giant since 2012, which was Stevie Brown. And Stevie Brown had that incredible run that season of, like, just, like, he felt like he had an interception every week for, like, two straight months. It was awesome. But he had three turnovers in this game forced. And, you know, it's nice to see for a young safety out there. Um, you know, he's not, like, a full-time guy, but he was out there in the right place at the right time. He only had one tackle, really. But still, I mean, he just, for some reason, was in the right place at the right time. And um, Don Martindale did a great job in this game. 
made Stafford's life very difficult. There were two plays at the end, and like this is Matthew Stafford, 35 years old, almost 36, been in the league since like 2009, I think. He's seen everything at this point. And Don Martindale had two blitzes at the end where Stafford was so like confused that he had no chance to get a throw off. Like there was two basically unblocked guys that got sacks on that final Rams drive. It was um one of them was Okereke, who had two sacks in this game. Like that, that was his first two sacks of the year, and he had two sacks in the same game. But Okereke had two, and we had one and a half technically on the stat sheet, but I don't know. They said two on the broadcast. But anyway, so there was that one, and then there was the Isaiah Simmons one, where did they give him a full sack or not? I think they should have. Yeah, one full sack for him. So it was like back-to-back plays where like they just disguised the blitz perfectly, and they got to Stafford. He had no idea it was coming, so... Once again, the whole Don Martindale thing, if he's coming back or not, I don't know. There's been a lot of reports that are saying he's not coming back, but we'll see what happens. I would much prefer him to be here. He's been pretty solid for the most part. Um, It hasn't been all great, but I I think given the circumstances and the talent on this team and a lost season, like I I think he's done a pretty good job for the most part. Um, Raheem Nunez-Rochez had half a sack in this game. He played... Um, Cordell Flott had a few tackles. Adoree Jackson had that really bad missed tackle on the Puka Nakua play. And Puka's like, he doesn't look like a big guy, but I feel like he's just built. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know how tall he is off the top of my head, but he made that one catch on like the out route and he just threw Adoree Jackson off of him. It kind of reminded me of like a Golden Tate play. He would do that stuff in his prime and throw the guy off him and just run down the sideline almost for like an 80-yard touchdown, but he got stopped short. But, um, you know, a play like that, you have to wrap up right there if you're Adoree Jackson. Can't have that stuff. Um, I saw, I think Bobby Skinner on Talking Giants was like just going at not going after but he definitely criticized Adoree Jackson's like hustle in this game and was kind of like making business decisions so I didn't watch him specifically that closely but hey the guy's probably a free agent after this year like you know it's a lost season once again so I get it but not a good look there I gotta mention Kayvon Thibodeau now I'm gonna look up his like PFF advanced stats so I'm not like you know getting on the guy too much for Because, you know, sometimes you got to actually watch the game in, like, the All-22 version to see, like, how much of an impact these guys really made. I don't want to be one of those guys who just looks at the box score and is like, oh, that guy sucks. But he has been pretty, I don't know, just not too impactful the last couple games. And, you know, I mentioned this during the bye week when I went over that questions video. I was like, hey, I like Kayvon, but he has games where he he does not show up. And... In this last game, he was credited with just one total pressure. But I want to see how many times he was actually a pass rusher. So they have it as he was a pass rusher on 23 snaps. He was in coverage on 12 and a run defender on 17. So like still, one pressure in 23 pass rushing attempts. I mean, it's not that good. It's not impactful enough for a fifth overall pick. So pretty disappointing there, I must say. The guy who led the team in um, in hurries was, well, it was Kayvon. So stuff like that. Yeah, it's obviously disappointing. Like, you want a better performance from a guy like Kayvon. And, you know, we keep hoping that it's going to get better and more consistent. But, you know, to be honest, it hasn't been too consistent. But it is what it is. Um, 
Aaron Donald definitely had his way in this game. He had a couple sacks at least. He had a great swim move on Ben Bredesen at one point. And Tyrod probably took more sacks than he should have, I got to be honest. Like, that's one of those instances where, you know, you can't completely blame the offensive line. There were definitely a couple times where Tyrod should have gotten away and, and thrown the ball away, but he didn't. So the Giants were, you know, given six sacks allowed, but I really don't think it was that bad. It probably should have been like three or four. And the Giants were able to sack Stafford four times. And I give a lot of that credit to Don Martindale for his scheme. There was a failed fourth down by Tyrod. He, he bobbled the snap. I mean, that was a big play in the game, of course. That was in the first half, though. There was a, a holding call on Ben Bredesen on second and goal. But um, I don't think that was the best call. I'm pretty sure the broadcast said that was not good. And Tyree Phillips got hurt, too. He got hurt twice in this game. He got hurt early, came back in the game, got hurt again. And I think it's a pretty bad injury. So, obviously, he's done for the year. So, hopefully, he can heal up and be okay pretty soon. There was a holding call on John Michael Schmitz on a nice Tyrod Taylor first down run. So, yeah, I feel like John Michael Schmitz, like, didn't have the best game. But he's had enough good moments this year where I still feel like he could be fine in the future. I do hope they move on from this offensive line uh, coach, Bobby Johnson. That's what we all want, but we'll see if they do it. I don't know how you bring them back, but we'll see. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's it for the game. We'll talk about some big picture stuff quickly. So the draft order stuff kind of changed around yesterday, but unfortunately not for the Giants. The Giants' strength of schedule is now at 5'11", which is still pretty low, so that's good, but they still sit at the fifth overall pick. The Cardinals went into Philly and won yesterday, so that was pretty cool. But not good for us in terms of trying to trade up for a quarterback. So now the first, you know, the teams in front of us are now Carolina, which is Chicago's pick at number one overall. Now, there is a lot of rumblings. I mentioned this in the preview um, that Justin Fields might come back as the Bears quarterback next year. Um, I personally would not do it. I would just reset that rookie contract with um with Caleb Williams, but a lot of Bears fans really seem to be on board with um, bringing back Justin Fields for year four, which to me is music to my ears because that means the Giants would actually have a chance of trading up the first overall. So I would love to see that. And we know the Bears and Giants negotiated a trade from a couple years ago to get um, to trade back and get uh, the extra first round pick and eventually took Kadarius Toney. But that was different front offices. I think that was like Ryan Pace for the Bears, and that was Dave Gettleman, of course, for the Giants. So different regimes, but we've seen it before. But anyway, um, so Chicago's won. They might keep Justin Fields. There's a lot of fan pressure right now. We'll see if the fans get their way or not. Washington's number two, which really sucks. But um, I do think Dallas has to play their starters next week, I'm pretty sure. Like, I want to see what time these games are at because that matters, like, if they know by the time the uh, you know Giants Eagles game is done, we'll see. I know the Giants Eagles play at 4:25, so let's take a look here. So the Giants and Eagles 4:25, and the Cowboys Commanders play at the same time. And I do believe that the Eagles have a chance at the um, at the uh, the first place in the NFC East, of course, if the Cowboys lose and the Eagles win. I do think they have that chance. So. We'll see if that happens. I think all the tiebreakers right now are equal for these teams, right? Like, same record for the Cowboys and Eagles. And I know the Cowboys had that ridiculously lucky win on Saturday night. But 
They have the same record at 11-5. and five. I believe they have the same division record. So then it comes down to conference record. And um, so that's pretty rare. You don't see, like, you know, two teams go down to, like, the third tiebreaker. But that would be advantage Cowboys, I believe. I think the Cowboys have the better um, – yeah, the Cowboys hold the advantage for the fourth tiebreaker, which is better conference record. So, yeah, I mean – the Cowboys are in the driver's seat right now. All they have to do is beat the Commanders. So any hope of the Commanders or any hope of the Cowboys benching their starters versus the Commanders, it's probably not going to happen, which is a shame. So Washington sits in number two. The Patriots are number three, but the Patriots do play the Jets next week. They could win that game. I would not be surprised. And the Patriots have a higher strength of schedule right now than us. So if the Giants and Patriots have the same record, then um, the Giants would have the higher pick than them. But if for some reason the strength of schedule is the same exact as the Patriots when it's all said and done next week, the Patriots would pick higher than us because the Giants did beat the Patriots back in that game a few weeks ago. So that'd be unfortunate. Um, then you have the Cardinals on number four who are now 4-12. They have a very high strength of schedule, 562. So I want to see Arizona next week's going to play. They play Seattle, which is like pretty winnable. They're home in that game. Seattle does have a lot to play for, I believe, but I feel like Seattle could choke that game. It would not surprise me. Um, the Patriots, once again, they play the Jets. Uh, Patriots are home in that game. I can definitely see them winning that game. Like I've felt that for a while when I saw that on the schedule. I'm like, Bill Belichick, Definitely going to go out with a W against the Jets. It just makes too much sense. So there's a chance we can jump over New England. And it seems, you know, I feel like the Giants can get in the top three possibly. But it's more likely they finish a number four. Um, You know, I do think New England wins once again. I want to see what the spread is for that game. But if it were me, I'd probably say Patriots favored, right? Yeah, New England minus two and a half. I was going to guess that exact thing. So New England minus two and a half right now. If that happens, the Giants would be picking at number four. So we can move up a spot. If the Cardinals go into Seattle, if the Cardinals beat Seattle at home, they can um, get behind this as well. So the Giants have a chance at the number three overall pick. There's a chance they can get to two, but you would have to have Washington beat a Cowboys team that's trying to win. I want to see if the uh, Commanders are home for that. They are. So the Commanders are home. That helps, but I don't know. I feel like the Commanders, like, they had their moments in that game versus the Niners yesterday. Like, they had their chance. They kept it close at the end, but, of course, San Fran pulled away like they always do. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's a chance we can get to the top three. I think four is, is pretty likely at this point if the Jets handle business. Um, or if the Patriots handle their business beating the Jets. Um, the Giants right now, I, last time I saw their five-and-a-half-point underdogs. The Giants are home, of course, versus the Eagles next week. So we'll see what happens there. But, you know, I would love a scenario where the Bears decide to keep Justin Fields and trade that first overall pick to the highest bidder. And, um, you know, obviously I would love the Giants to trade up. I think if... That pick is up for sale. Joe Shane has to do what he can to get there, whether it takes three first-round picks and some established player. Like, you have to do this. Like, this this is your time. There's rumors that Joe Shane loves Caleb Williams. I don't know how accurate that is, but that's what I've heard. So, 
if it's true, then you go get your guy, obviously. If it takes three first-round picks, then you know what? So be it. I'm fine with it. I think Caleb Williams is that good, so I would uh, I would pull the trigger. So we'll see if it, uh, if that happens, but next week should be fun to watch of you know where these teams fall, where the strength of schedule falls, and all that stuff. But um, hopefully some way, somehow, the Washington Commanders pull off the upset. But let's see the spread of that game. I have not looked at that one yet. Or did we? It's Dallas minus 13 and a half on the road. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Chances are they're they're not going to beat them, <laughs> the commanders. But um, you never know. It's the NFL. So we'll have to play that game or they'll have to play that game and see what happens. So uh, that's pretty much it. I know Josina Anderson had that kind of cryptic tweet that came out before. going to pull up the, uh, the X real quick, the Twitter, the X. So... She had a tweet five hours ago saying, change is circling the NFC East. One potential move would be unexpected. And then she put like a, a hourglass emoji below that. I don't know what that means. Could it mean that Nick Sariani is going to get fired? Can it mean that Ron Rivera, which I think is likely, it's not even like a, it's not even like unexpected. I think Ron Rivera is pretty much done, but could Brian Dable be gone? Like there's just, I don't know. Josina Anderson's been wrong before, though. She once tweeted that Joe Judge is gonna, you know, be safe and not be fired, and turns out that was not the uh, not the truth. So, you never know. Maybe it's just for attention. I have no idea, but we'll see. Maybe there's some type of unexpected thing in the NFC East. Uh, maybe it's Sariani. I mean, the Eagles have not looked great the past month, and you know, maybe players are not buying in anymore. So we'll see what happens there. But anyway, that's gonna do it for this game. I don't have much else to say, nothing else in the notes. Um, but yeah, I, I left that game pretty encouraged. You know, I think they're not they're not just a quarterback away. But Tyrod Taylor has shown you that the offense can look pretty good with a competent quarterback. And Tyrod's probably like the 30th best quarterback in the league. So, you know, if you hypothetically replace Tyrod with a Caleb Williams or someone like that. It's going to be a good offense next year. I do think that. And hopefully Mike Kafka stays. I do like him. So, you know, you, you see the difference though, right? When Kafka had DeVito, they were kind of like dumbing down the playbook, even for Daniel Jones last year for half the year too. But when they brought in Tyrod for this game specifically, I mean, the offense completely opened up. They just ran a lot more complex stuff than they were with DeVito. Like, let's just, let's be honest, right? So I still like... Mike Kafka, I want them to keep him, but we'll see what happens there. But I, I just, I know the offensive line has to get fixed. You have to get a new, you know, a couple new guards. And um, I'm not going to say right tackle. I think Evan Neal still gets another year, but those guard positions have to be addressed. You know, maybe get like a Robert Hunt or something in free agency. It might be costly, but still, someone like that would be very nice. Michael Onwenu or someone, I don't know. So, They'll find somebody. It's a pretty decent free agency for guards, I think. So there are options out there. Um, what else was I going to say? Damn it. But anyway, yeah, I think the Giants are not crazy far off. Like, I know people are so afraid of bringing in a rookie quarterback here because, like, oh, the offensive line. It's not that big of a deal to me. Like, yeah, we saw Tyrod take six sacks yesterday, but the Giants still scored 25, and it probably should have been over 30. Like, you can still move the ball 
You can still throw the ball deep with a bad offensive line. You can still score points with a bad offensive line, right? Like the Giants were passing the ball deep. I mentioned that Tyrod had the longest air yards throw of any Giants quarterback since 2016. And the Giants offensive line is not that good. But Tyrod Taylor hung in the pocket as long as he could. He got hit by Aaron Donald, I think it was, and still made that throw to Slayton. Like, you can make throws with a bad offensive line deep down the field. We've seen it before, right? Joe Burrow had the 31st-ranked offensive line the Super Bowl year when they went there, and, you know, there's a lot of deep balls to Chase and Higgins and all those guys. So absolutely still possible to make, you know, take deep shots with a bad offensive line. I think we should know that by now. But um, definitely encouraged to hopefully bring a quarterback in here and see what that guy can do. But if not, if it's, you know, Malik Neighbors or somebody else, then, hey, you know, they're the Giants and their front office and, and the coaches, like, they're putting their lives on the line, basically. They're coaching lives, their, you know, front office lives on the line for Daniel Jones. I would never do that. I would never put my job in his hands. He's already, you know, gotten a couple coaches fired, basically. So I would not do that. But, hey, if – Dable and Shane want to do that again and and run it back with Jones, then they probably won't be here at this time next year. So the ball is in their court. We'll see what happens. But anyway, hope you all enjoyed. I will talk to you guys next time.